Welcome to the CCUPC Cutting Room Floor, where we try to connect Sunday to the weekday. I'm Pastor James. And I'm Pastor Dina. And this week we're taking a deeper dive into Isaiah 5 and 11. Uh, it is uh, God's uh, image of a vineyard, the vineyard that he built that doesn't produce anything. Um, and then his kind of plan there in Isaiah 11 to... to have something new spring up. Um, Pastor Dina, Isaiah is a massive book, and yeah. usually it's only one that we haul out at Christmas time during yeah. Advent and so on. Uh, its most famous passage was made famous, uh, well, it was famous before, but Handel <laughs> really, really, the Hallelujah Chorus yeah. from the Messiah really, really made that popular and, and made it a cultural um, uh, staying point. Um, but it has so much more to offer in terms of its view of God, in terms of its view of humanity, um, and, and just what, what the relationship between those two is like. What did you gain from exploring this passage? How did it affect you? What were the things that struck you um, in, in the discussion of, of that passage? Well, I think like our discussion of Hosea, this, this passage gives more depth to God and and God's character because we see in it frustration we see lament we see justice we see love we see all of these things wrapped up in um the the phrase that that kept coming back to me was that idea of God saying I've done everything I could and you could read that in so many ways you could read mm. that in an angry way well I've done everything I could so you know, here comes the the smiting or kind of a lament, like I've done everything I could. Why, why hasn't it worked? And I think especially at this time of year, as we head into the holidays, as we're around families, as we're, as, as relationships are highlighted in good and bad ways, we can, we can kind of resonate that as we look at, at relationships with other people and say, I've, I've done everything I could. Why is this relationship mm. still not healthy? You know, you know, and even as we look at 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 kids, if we're parents, you know, I, I've I've followed the steps, I've done all the right things. Why is my kids still going off the rails? And and that I mean that can be true whether they're a, a you know a disrespectful preschooler or much worse, and and has have been sucked into all sorts of unhealthy things as adults. <laughs> uh, you know, I I I took my kid to church every year on Christmas Eve. Why isn't that important to them? Now we have, we have all these questions that, that kind of come back to that idea of I've, I've done everything I could. I, I did what was right. I, I was the best I could be. Why, why are we still struggling? Why are we still here? And, and again, like I said, this time of year, I think tends to highlight that because we think like, oh, it's another year and that, you know, I'm still, still don't have the approval of my in-laws, you know, another year (laughs) I still, you know, I, I still am struggling here or there, or, you know, my kid is still struggling with this or that. Um, even, even outside of the relationship world in our, in our jobs and stuff, you know, I followed the steps. Why haven't I gotten the promotion? I've, I've done the right things. Why, why am I not thriving? Yeah. That, it, it's a, um, <laughs> I'm laughing. Cause I think this is the time of year where most people look at their family and they're like, did we really have the same parents? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a, uh, I think that's a question I've heard before. Like, how did we all turn out 
so differently. Yeah. Like what was that person's deal or, you know, what was this person's deal? Yeah. And we look and we're like, how, how did this work? Yeah. Yeah. And no matter where the affinity is or where the differences are, you know, like as, as siblings look at each other and say, how did we survive them as parents or, (laughs) or as, yeah. Uh, And, and so we're, I think we, I can connect with, with God. And I say that, you know, if my family or friends are listening, I've been fairly fortunate in my relationships (laughs) and, and, and stuff, but, but still, I think this time of year as we take stock of, of where we thought we would be and where we wanted to be and, and, and think, but I've done all I could. Why, why is the fruit still not there? Or why is yeah. the fruit rotten? Um, I, I think we can, we can identify with, with God a bit in that way and thinking, you know, and God thinking like, ah, there's nothing. I, I did it the best that I could. And yet we, we actually cannot solve the problem, which is, which is hard. Yeah. Um, we can't make amends. We can't be anything other than, than who we are as sinful. Wretched is the word you use people. Um, even though we're completely beloved by God, it, it, that's a hard thing to reckon with too, that, that I can't do anything different. I can't, and I can't do anything for anybody outside of me that I can work as hard as I want on a relationship, but all I can do is affect me and can't change the other person, can't change the job market, can't change my kid. Um, you're, you're making me think of, um, you know, the, the, the hard realization that like we can't do it mm-hmm. um, is making me think of like, um, so my boys love to put together Legos mm-hmm. and they love to do it on their own. Um, mm-hmm. And occasionally, uh, particularly my, my younger son, he will, um, he'll do the whole thing, but he'll like, he'll come and tell me like, hey, this one part isn't working correctly. Could you get it? Could you figure it out for me? Yeah. And and I feel like that's the way we want life to be. Like, we've got it basically figured out. We've put it together. Yeah. Um, it looks decent. We've put the decals on nicely. I'm <laughs> yeah. really going with this Lego thing. Um, but uh, we just need help getting this one part to really work. And I think that's where we we think of God coming in is like, can you help me get this one part sorted out? Yeah. Instead of like, Hey, the instruction manual said you were making a car. I see a blob. Yeah. Yeah. And and that, that's a totally different understanding of, of what, what our situation is. Yeah. And of course that, that requires a totally different, um, that requires a totally different set of skills and a totally different understanding of the situation. Yeah. I mean, it, it requires what you ended the sermon with. It requires surrender, which is really, really hard to do. And we, we talk a good game in the church, but it's really hard to actually surrender and to (laughs) surrender. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Not actually. Yeah. Um, that, that to really trust, to trust God with everything from your salvation to your relationships, to your professional life, to, to kids, your, to kids, to your material, you know, your material possessions and blessings and provisions that, that takes a lot of work. And, hmm. um, 
because we see it here too. God doesn't immediately swoop in and fix what was wrong. I mean, in the passage says that, you know, the hedge of protection is going to be gone and the, the, you know, it, it's going to look like it's ruined for Mm. a while. Yes. And that, again, that's, that's really hard. And I think in the surrender that requires us to not paint God as the villain in the midst of it. Well, you know, if God's going to just let my life be in ruins, then maybe God isn't that good at all. I mean, it's a, it's an easy place to go. It is. And that's, that's one of the things that I cut is uh, because it could have just dominated and it. And in a monologue, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. But that idea of like God's patience and faithfulness, like what does that mean in the midst of, of difficulty and suffering? Like, cause we want, we want results and we want them now. Like yeah. if something's wrong, we want it God, just uh, not even God. We just, you know, if something's wrong, fix it. You yeah. know, I, I do projects around the house, and um, you know, if if a project takes too long, it's like, are you going to call someone to do this? Yeah, because obviously you're not. <laughs> yeah, you know, and and that's not a, a knock on on my wife because sometimes it does take me a year or longer to. Um, <laughs> to, to do some of these projects. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, what does it mean that, that maybe God doesn't swoop in, that God doesn't, it looks like he's absent in in some very, very difficult situations. Yeah. And it can feel that way as well. I mean, it, it, it can, I mean, we hear about crisis of faith. We hear about the dark night of the soul and, and it, it does, it, it, it doesn't just feel like waiting for God. It feels as though God has forgotten and turned away, which which is hard. Even even for the the most surrendered surrendered of us, that's a that's a hard position to be in when when you start to doubt. You know the turmoil, the the frustration, the the questions have gone on so long that you start to, to doubt. If God will ever answer, if God will ever be feel present with you again, the way, the way you'd experienced before. So I hadn't brought this up in in our pre-show discussion, but you know, Pete Scazzaro actually, I posted this recently on my Facebook page. Um, okay, recently it says five days ago, um, but um, he said we do not need to look so anxiously for success because God is equally present in failure. And I, like even the way that you are framing that, we really do think that God is only present in the good things and yeah. the, the the you know the happy times or even some of the neutral times. But it, you know, it's our sense of God that that really feels like God has withdrawn. Yeah. In in those difficult parts. Yeah, it is. I mean, it. As much as I hate bumper stickers and and trite theology but you know that kind of idea of of it's not god that that moved it's you you know it it Mm. that if if god is feeling distant then it's not that god has left it's that our experience of god has changed and we have have perhaps in some ways moved away from god but it's hard it's hard to reckon with a god too that that does let bad things happen. I mean, that's one of the biggest questions of our faith. And then when we read a passage like Isaiah, where not only did 
is God letting the the vineyard be trampled, but kind of causing it that those are hard things to to reconcile with a God who we've always been told is loving and gracious and and forgiving. And I do believe God is all those things, but also God is just and fair and righteous. And so to, to balance all those things is, is a hard thing for our human brains to wrap around, especially in the midst of trials and struggle and, and, um, difficulty and questions. Where have you, where have you struggled with the patience of God viewing as it a positive thing, uh, um, when it feels like the patience of God is more like a divine absence? Um, I think at, at, at periods of time in the history of, of this church where we're serving, you know, recently with leadership changes and, and different, the different turmoil that that brought along with a global pandemic. You know, I always, <laughs> I, I always say, you know, grieving churches in transition in a pandemic are, are tricky places to be. Yeah. And, and I know I was not the only one that felt felt that um but i know you know there was definitely kind of a sense of where are you god especially i I mean the the pandemic definitely complicated things like why why right now god why why right now personally for for us in our church or why globally like you could have you could have stopped this Mm. come on yeah um you know and and i can think of sometimes over the course of of my life it took us longer to become parents than maybe we had originally thought it would and those times can you know looking back i see the way the opportunities we had and the the way god orchestrated things just so but in the moment it's hard yeah yeah well thanks for sharing that that's because and those are you know because you know, we can talk about it, but those are very real places in our lives that press and very real places in, in other people's lives where the answer can go one way or the other, I think. And, yeah. And, and we, we, I think we would do well to recognize those points in people's lives and recognize for them, it's a, it's a, you know, it's an open-ended question whether God is there or not. Yeah. Um, and it just so happens, you know, that, that, uh, that for you it's it's panned out one way you know obviously you're here as a pastor and yeah you know those things have not shaken you to your core but for some people like they the dark night of the soul is not a night it is a it's a whole season it's a whole yeah it, it's a it, lifetime yeah exactly exactly yeah and i do know i mean and my heart my heart breaks for people and i know i've said on the podcast before i i mean i think one of the the greatest things that faith gives me is the ability to to keep going to God, even when it's lament, even when it's, it's like the Psalms saying, where are you? I don't know where you are. It feels like everything is against me. And yet somewhere in my spirit, I know that you're, you haven't abandoned me. Um, but I know not everyone has that, that gift that for some, they just, they do feel abandoned. They do feel completely cut off from God because of the loss of a loved one, because of a disaster, because of life circumstances that didn't come out the way that they had hoped and and that breaks my heart because I think for me the way to endure those those times of 
of waiting is is trusting that there's something bigger that I don't understand and cannot see that's sustaining me me through that and not that that not that that makes the the terrible stuff better like oh yeah I'm glad that terrible thing happened because look <laughs> yeah. at what I learned but I see I see God's grace in the midst of those terrible things too. That that makes sense. It's it's such a hard thing to hold together because it would, yeah. you know, you can look at this passage and be like, well, apparently God does abandon because he abandoned the vineyard and, you know, it, let it get trampled out and, yeah. and destroyed. Um, but then we have chapter 11, which... Uh, is not bankruptcy uh, in this case. Uh, but uh, we have chapter 11 here, which is really a statement of because these vines couldn't make them on their own, I'm going to do my own thing to, to bring about growth. And and part of that, it's a mixed metaphor. This is the narrative lectionary putting together two different texts. Mm-hmm. But it, it has to deal with, uh, all right, the tree's got to be cut down and it's out of that 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 stump that that something some form of life is going to come yeah and it, it's not at all the way that anyone would have expected it's an entirely new thing a shoot will come up from the stump of jesse well, that's not what what the israelites had thought um yeah they saw an unbroken line yeah um and and to think about God's patience and grace in the midst of that, in that God did not immediately come in and and solve all their problems and and make it okay, because there there's not justice, there's not love, there's not really love in that. That's just micromanaging, and there's no when there's no choice, there's no repentance, there's nothing. There's nothing of depth in the midst of that. There's no learning just how sinful we are so that we can fully appreciate how gracious God is. And I think about the patience it takes to not swoop in and fix things hmm. for, you know, for my my kids especially. Um, but but even at the church that, you know, as as we work to grapple with things, I think like I could do I could fix that I could do that I could just do it it'll be fine um and it'll be faster and it'll be faster and then it'll be done the way I want it to be done um but but there's no love in that because then it makes it all about me it makes it all about what I can do yeah which is still inadequate (laughs) um and then you know just frustrates everyone involved and to think about God saying no that the the vineyard's gonna have to be trampled for a little while that you know i have a plan and and something new is gonna come but for a while it's going to look as though evil has won as though disaster has the last word that again that's a hard thing <laughs> that's exactly what i was thinking yeah. I like that that's really tough to because we want we want everything to be going up and to the right like to yeah. put it in business terms, we yeah. want everything to be growth. We want everything to be success. We we want you know just kind of an uh, uh, you know everything's 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 yeah. fine. Everything's and again, be that's right. what we're taught. If you work hard, you'll succeed. If you if you follow these steps, you'll 
you'll do well if you you know if you put the effort in then then you'll get the reward and that is not that's not that more rarely the case than I think it is sometimes because if that was the case then we would have thousands of professional baseball players and football players and actors mm. and actresses and all these things that we're told just work hard and, and business people you can be anything you can be anything just work at it if you work at it practice makes perfect you know practice makes permanent whatever harder faster swim you know play never let up we we're these these messages are everywhere that if we just do it hard enough and do it practice enough that will be what we want it that life will be what we want it to be i can hear um in in kind of our discussion here i can hear someone asking what what then is the 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 barometer of our relationship with god then like if i can't look to these to these things what is the barometer then yeah that's that's a hard that's a hard question because we have in in all kinds of ways associated God's blessing with answered prayers that are answered the way we want them to be with material blessing, with success, with everything going up and to the right. And so when you take that away, I think, again, it comes back to the, the surrender. I think, mm. I think, because I think in surrender, there's a contentedness in surrender. There's not fighting. I think, that's a much harder thing to to measure but but i think somewhere in there is the the kind of the new new standard of how how content do you feel even when things are are falling apart and i don't mean content is in happy and and peaceful but can you trust that god is with you can you be content in a relationship with god even even the worst case things yeah i'm reminded of um i'm reminded of jesus's baptism um one of the things that i like to point i I, when i disciple someone i go start through the gospel of mark first Mm -hmm. one of the things i love about the baptism of jesus in in the way that mark orchestrates it is it's it's before anything and not that it's not before anything in the other gospel it's just really obvious in the in mark's gospel that you know jesus hasn't done a thing and yet he gets baptized and there's the voice saying this is my son whom i love with Mm -hmm. him i am well pleased um and most of us look for the the you know i'm well pleased with you the the attaboy the Mm -hmm. the attagirl after we've done something good yeah whereas in the baptism of jesus it comes before he's done anything yeah just just his existence is is pleasing to god and i think to me, I'm, I'm reminded then that, like, do I actually believe that God is well pleased with my existence even before I've done anything? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have to justify my existence to God. Yeah. Um, but that, that that's a delight to God. And I think, I think probably that's part of it, too, is we get so caught up in that, like, what's my barometer? We forget that, that the barometer is actually God's declaration of being pleased with us mm-hmm. in Christ without doing a thing yeah yeah and i don't think that's that different than surrender that that realizing being yeah yeah being 
the beloved child of God is enough. It, you know, can can you let that be enough in your life? Even when I'm kind of, you know, the story of Job comes to mind, even when everything you love is taken away yeah. and not just the job you really wanted or the, you know, the relationship, but really literally everything that, that mattered. Um, and not that I would wish that on, no. on anybody, <laughs> like, um, but, but can you, can you rest in the fact that even, even in the worst of the worst, you're still the beloved child of God. Um, and, and I think, you know, from our human perspective, it is, it is really hard to hold on to that, which is why I think it's so important to be in the community of, of God for other people to, to remind you of that and keep drawing you back to that, to, to remind you that this diagnosis or this, this loss of a loved one doesn't mean God doesn't love you. It doesn't mean you've, you've sinned. And this is a one for one kind of retaliation of God that, that hopefully the, in the moments when we can't, if we're connected to a community that's similarly surrendering to God, they can hold us up and, and remind us of what we know to be true in those moments when, when our hearts just can't seem to bear it on our own. So I hear you saying that, that, um, and I think this is good to draw out that surrender means not just surrendering the difficult things in life, but it also means surrendering, surrendering our metrics. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, our values, so to speak. Uh, well, not just so to speak, it is the, the metrics and the values, like what is good. Um, yeah. And that's difficult because we do want excellence. We don't want to kind of give a half-hearted yeah. life. Yeah, I guess I, I I think of surrender as as all-encompassing, as you know, a complete giving over, and not just not just you know, I'm going to let go and let God in this in this area of my life, but at like a complete. And as you said, giving over all the metrics and saying nothing that the world has to offer can really measure my my relationship with with God. I mean, I could check the box every day of I did my devotions or I could read through the Bible in a year. I could I could be in church every time the doors are unlocked. And that's still not an indicator of of my relationship with the Lord, mm. um, which is really hard because I, I think especially in its most recent history, you know, the last 50 years or so, those are the ways we've, we've measured faithfulness. We've measured mm. it by church True. attendance. We've measured it by giving. We've measured it by time spent in study without, without giving thought to what kind of fruit that produced. And in some cases like the, the vineyard, the, even with all those things being done, the fruit was still bitter and sour and not great. I mean, we see it, we see it all around. Every time a, a, a popular, well-known pastor messes up royally and it hits the news headlines, it's like, well, you know, man, they were doing all the right things. They were, they were in the church, but it still wasn't good enough. There's a lot there to, to unpack. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, because it really does turn, it really does turn our world upside down. Because it, it those that's a much. It, it's easier 
to measure success on worldly terms because sure. it's, it's, it's understood. Whereas this is much harder to be secure in, um, it's, it's much harder to be secure in. Yeah. Yeah. And you can, it's, it's easy to fake too, especially yes. if you're, if you're looking at those, those objective things. I mean, it, it's easy to read your Bible every day. It's, and well, maybe not easy, but, um, but it's much harder to let the word of God shape you. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's easy to be in church every Sunday. It's much harder to connect fully with the community of God and to, to invest and to be shaped by the worship and the messages and, and the life of the church. Yeah. Experience the holy and, mm-hmm. and yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's just such a, a different and, and I think we've gotten good at, like you said, faking it. Oh, for sure. Uh, I think we've become very adept at faking it. And 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 we almost value that. Like, okay, put on the correct show. And, mm-hmm. uh, but that gets into some, some other things about the church. And really, this is, you know, this passage focuses on us. And you, you touched on the fact that the that the fruit was still rotten, despite all the good conditions. Yeah. And I think that's a... I mean, that's a question and a sticking point in this passage about like, okay, what it really is core to our being. Uh, now, next week I'll I'll talk about uh, we'll be in um, oh, where will we be? Josiah's reign uh, mm-hmm. next week. Uh, but uh, you know the the fact that um, like, what are we at our at our core? Mm-hmm. Are are we you know good? Are we bad? Um, and, and I'll talk about that this coming week, but, but that's a hard thing to reckon with because I think we have opinions of our, go ahead. Yes. Yeah. I was, I was going to say the same thing. It's really hard because our words and our thoughts of who we are don't match up. Like, you know, we can say I, I'm, I'm sinful. I'm, you know, what a wretch I am, but, but somewhere in our hearts, we still think, but I'm not as got bad as the guy down the street. You know, I'm, I haven't messed it up the way that that pastor in the news has. I mean, and, and we see it, we see it in, in subtle ways and, and in completely overt ways. We, we compare ourselves, we, we lift ourselves up mostly in what we're doing. Well, I've done this for the Lord. I've given this much. I, I, I built this church. I, I serve the church. I work this many hours at whatever, um, I donate all my time. I, I, whatever it is. So we still, I think we still have a hard time grappling with this idea that, that nothing we do can measure up that nothing in the, in the eyes of a righteous and holy God, that there's, there is no way for us to produce good fruit that apart from God we're, we're nothing. We're, we're wretched. We're dirty rags. We don't, but we don't like thinking of ourselves that way. Oh, I was going to say that doesn't preach. No, (laughs) no, it doesn't make us feel good. That's for sure. It doesn't send us out into the world on a high thinking, yay, God loves me. I mean, that is true, but, but to, again, to really get the depth of that, we have to understand where we are. And that, that's not, it's not popular. It's not easy. I mean, we're told, Again, we're told if you work hard enough, you'll be a, a better person. If it, you know, God created you just the way you are. So, yay you, you're special, mm-hmm. and and you know, don't worry about the places that you lack. But we don't 
often spend time really examining all the ways that that we fall short and and again they're not necessarily always out outward things but the no. condition of our hearts the the way we view others the way we we attribute our gifts and talents to to our own work and our own um our own efforts i i can't remember if it was this prayer of confession or a different one because i have been looking at at more of them but <laughs> um the the prayer of confession that i picked for for one of these recent weeks kind of said that like we're really good at attributing the 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 things we do well to our own effort to our own physical strength to our own natural ability but we're not so good at looking at the the negative things that mm-hmm. that are just built into us and they are there as you said i mean we don't have to teach people some of these negative things well so you know i think i think this is one area where we have been really well discipled by the the culture and, and we mm-hmm. have we have bit lock stock and barrel into some of those you know some of the messages yeah we've talked about the messages that we give to our kids you can be anything you want yeah if you just try hard enough and if you just you know work hard enough and so on and so forth because that's that's not true like if someone had told me that like a career as you know a, a career as an accountant or just because I don't like to be locked away. I'm an introvert, but I don't like to be locked away. Or a career as, I don't know, I, it's hard for me to, to think of those things, but there are certain career paths that were not open to me. Yeah. Like nuclear physicist was not in the cards for me. Yeah. Like uh, I just don't like calculus that much. <laughs> and, and so, you know, that was not, that was not in the cards. Um, and similarly, well, uh, you know, not just the, the, messages that we give to kids to try to inspire them. Um, but also the messages in our popular culture. I mean, mm-hmm. mentioned uh, that, um, Lady Gaga born this way. Yeah. And, and we, we lean into that message to say that, well, if you don't like me, I was born this way. Yeah. And, and that's, it's your problem if you don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. And there, as with so many things in a lot of ways, those are, those are good positive messages like hey you know you have a you have a whole lot of options ahead of you 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 were created as the special unique creation of god mm, yes that's yeah. good uh, but but as with so many things in our society has twisted that to almost remove any kind of responsibility too as you said like well i was born this way this is just the way i am so Sorry, deal yeah. with it. Yeah, I'm just a truth teller. So mm-hmm. if you don't like it, that's your problem. You don't like hearing the truth. Yeah. Like, oh, that's no. <laughs> no, no, you're you're a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> and you're saying things the way you see them, you know. Um, and, and I think that's, you know, we, I think we, we oscillate. And I'll go ahead and tip my hand to the next week. You know, I think we oscillate between those things of like, oh my gosh, like what, what am I doing on this planet? Like mm-hmm. what? why was I born to like, I am the greatest thing since sliced bread and sliced bread bows to me. Like, uh, you know, and I'm being ridiculous here. I understand that. But I think we go between those two things. And, and the truth is actually a tension between those extremes. Like, 
like what you talked about, mm-hmm. like we are wonderfully made. Like, you know, we are a unique creation of God, loved, beloved by him from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are also terribly fallen. That's that's what I'm going to mention in this next week. Yeah. Wonderfully made and terribly fallen. And, and that those two realities are are simultaneous within us. And, and that that's a hard tension to hold on to. It is. And I think if we're honest, we we swing from one into the other, even within the same day. Sometimes, oh my gosh. Are you, you know? kidding me? Um, that, that the thought of, well, at least I'm not as, I'm, you know, I might be this, but at least I'm not that crosses my brain at least once an hour. seems like, <laughs> you know, um, but then also there's this sense of how can God even love me? Because I have messed up so massively on so many different levels and, and, you know, I'm not a great parent and I'm not, this and I'm not that um it's it's easy to fall into either of those extreme senses of thinking and not realize that both can be true at the same time yeah and and I think that that would take I think it would take us a a lot to actually consider like okay wonderfully made and terribly fallen what does that mean yeah um because that means a whole lot of, uh, of different things that it doesn't mean I'm unequivocally like born this way uh but it also doesn't mean that like i'm an object of of god's wrath sinners in the hands of an angry god yeah. uh but it also means the sin the 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 difficult parts of me actually mean something too mm-hmm. um that means i have to change i have to be molded yeah and yet i'm still loved in the it, it, like it's a it's a hard it it it's hard to hold all of those things. And and maybe again, that comes back to that idea of, of surrender in that, like, I don't understand how this works. I don't understand how I can be so completely beloved by God and also mess it up so much on the regular. And yet I can surrender to a God that tells me it's, it's possible and tells me that I am so loved that, that God wasn't content to leave me just stuck in my own sin that I'm wonderfully made enough that I'm worth redeeming. And I know, I mean, that it's a little bit of a spoiler alert coming for the coming weeks, but we're as, <laughs> as we get welcome, as we get ready to, to welcome the good news of the savior being born, it's an important one to remember. Like God doesn't, God isn't, I, as we hear about the vineyard being trampled, God also isn't content to just walk away and say, I'm done with it. I'm over it. Well, I'll this, start again. Th- this year of all years that we'll get those me- messages almost simultaneously because I'm pretty sure Lent starts like the day Christmas is over. <laughs> like, uh, like epiphany. Uh, yeah. Actually, Christmas Eve. We're going to ce- yeah. celebrate Ash Wednesday on yeah. Christmas Eve. No, um, it, it is very close this year. Yeah. Um, but, um, y- you know, I think there's a lot of leadership lessons here. And and before someone turns off and says, okay, I'm not a leader, mm-hmm. like we, we have to remember that leadership is influence. And so if you exert influence on anyone in anyone's lives, then then the discussion of leadership really is for you. Um, and, and I think that has to, like, how do we lead people in a way that doesn't give pat answers, that doesn't try to be reductionist about the reality of our life? And that's hard in a in a grenade-throwing, mm-hmm. reductionistic society 
where we just want to demonize the other side, no matter what they have to say and no matter whether it contradicted our position previously. Yeah. But you know, that, you know, when we lead, we, we actually have to, to help people dig into these things and explore them. Not because, um, you know, I tend to be, Katie would tell you that that my tendency is to be in my head and to be thinking and I can think just for Mm -hmm. I I can be in the world of ideas just because I enjoy being in the world of ideas but actually to consider these things because they have implications for how we live our lives and how we think about ourselves and where we allow the power of God to actually transform us because if I think I am a gift to humanity I'm not going to allow or gifting humanity mm-hmm. the, exactly the way I am, I'm not going to allow the Holy Spirit to to change me because it might alter something that I've gotten really comfortable with and and maybe even enjoy, even if it's yeah a rough edge. Maybe I like my rough edges. Yeah, I, I mean, and there's certain there are definitely there are definitely rough edges that we each like and and don't want to. Even if we don't necessarily like them, we don't want to do the work to change them either. Yeah, yeah. That. Um, so I, I think it has like I think one of the ways that that this passage could help us is to to understand that reality is not simple. Yeah, and I think the first thing you know is, as you pose that question, how do we do this? I think the first thing, especially in a in a culture that is so explosive, is to slow down and to to honor that that rarely does anything have exactly one right answer or one wrong answer rarely is there a very clear good guy and a very clear bad guy yeah that that and and if we can slow down then we can hold those things better than if we're trying to just zip from one extreme to the other yeah um and as you said i mean i think that that takes a lot of thought work and internal work and and prayer work i don't think you know and i mean maybe i probably should have said i mean that's kind of one of the the biggest parts of surrender, even if the prayer is, God, help me surrender. God, yeah. help me help help me let you hold this. Help me give this to you. Help me not to fight you, which, you know, of course, is a big part of surrender. If someone's <laughs> surrendering, they're no longer fighting. Um, it, it, so it doesn't have to be long theological discourses in your brain. It can oh, just Lord. be, yeah, it can just, God, help me help you know bring give me peace give me peace that passes understanding in this moment because i'm not going to be able to do it on my own yeah that's uh, and uh, i think the other thing is is not because i can see um my tendency would be like oh this has to be a detailed discussion so i'm going to talk your ear off yeah um like i let me tell you how reality is not quite as simple as we're making it mm-hmm. you know it's it's more than just the reductionistic blah that we've we've turned the the world into um but i think we can allow people to get to that point themselves yeah by doing a lot of a lot of close listening and letting them tell their story and and allowing them to bring that out themselves yeah um and and that gets to the relation um you know expanding christ community through through relationship yeah um and I think that's a way that we can build relationship while also discipling people in a, in a very powerful way too, allowing them to explore um, their own story. People mm-hmm. like to explore their own stories. Yeah. 
yeah and i think in sharing in letting people explore their own story and then sharing ours as well i i think at the same time as people like exploring their own story they like hearing that they're not alone yeah that you know i struggle with this too i wonder you know when bad things happen i wonder where in the world god is too so that it's a little less overwhelming it 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 seems you know if if other people also question how in the world a good god can let bad things happen then then all of a sudden maybe this isn't just my own sinfulness and lack of faith maybe this is yeah um you know part of the human experience and part of um being being on this side of heaven and this side of eternity yeah yeah i mean there's there are just so many ways that 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 can be helpful to people while also getting them to explore the assumptions that they've taken Mm -hmm. into life and and helping to to you know deconstruct those those things that from our society that aren't are are both uh unbiblical and unhelpful to to living life yeah and i know i know deconstruction is kind of a buzzword around churches too these days but but i also think we do have to kind of deconstruct some of the the ways that the church has gotten it wrong as well and and well yeah, yeah and and i think we can deconstruct our our societal oh yeah assumptions I, as well all of it all, i think i think all of it takes some careful objective thought and discipleship a, discipleship <laughs> yeah on honesty surrender um and and willingness to live in in some gray areas where we might not immediately know the way to go the answer the the clear winner and loser right and all those things yeah wow this got uh I, we did not talk about some of these no. things ahead of time but it, it got pretty uh, i, I want to say i feel like it got pretty pretty deep and philosophical and yeah. yet practical all at the same time yeah um it's a hard thing to, to pull off <laughs> yeah, seriously I, maybe it's because the sun is shining today yes Hallelujah. Yeah, maybe that's what it's either that or the beer I had before. No, <laughs> just kidding. I don't. No, it's only no. lunchtime. No I, I don't. I don't drink and preach. Yeah. It's. It's. Don't worry. <laughs> Nothing good can come of that. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Preaching under the influence. Yeah. Actually, funny story. I was on painkillers the very first time I had a candidate. Oh no. Not here. Oh. Um, but I had tweaked my back. Oh. Um, and so I was on flexorol and some some painkiller it was not vicodin i can tell you that yeah. but i was on flexural uh, um and uh my uh my doc i didn't realize it at the at the time but he was a believer as well and he was like yeah maybe don't take it before you go up to preach okay well at least you had a little bit of warning yeah, exactly exactly but yeah i had to i had to preach somewhat under the influence uh <laughs> i joked that my sermon got better as yeah. i went along yeah. so huh but the funny things that happen and, and the, the, the we're, we're broken. We have this, this treasure in jars of clay. Yeah, for sure. Um, because we're all a bunch of crackpots and it's, it's not us, but it's the, the hope of Christ shining in us. For sure. For sure. Wow. Even the ending went. Yeah. So, um, 
Wow. Um, hopefully you enjoyed this. I really hope you did. And actually, let me put a plug in here. Um, I typically end with our re- regular thing, but you know, we've been in the Old Testament quite a while. And look for coming up, we're going to have a weekend. If, if you have struggled with putting the Old Testament together, if you have struggled with understanding the Old Testament or, you know, uh, you know what does it mean in relation to the New Testament? Can we just do away with those first books that, that were really just serve to do nothing but confuse, confuse us? Um, and would like to know more, we have a Saturday event coming up in April um, where we will... Uh, in April of 24. Oh my goodness. I know. That's closer than we think. Yeah. yeah. Um, But it's after Easter. It is after Easter. Uh, (laughs) But in April of 24, we have an event where we will have uh, Dr. Carol Kaminsky, who is um, a senior professor of Old Testament at Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary in uh, the Boston area. Uh, And she's going to come down and she's going to teach about the Old Testament. And so um, if you would love to know more, Keep an ear and an eye out for that. Uh, we'll be releasing more after the first of the year, and we would love to have you here. We would love to, and if you know someone who would who would like to know more and would like to even just to explore, mm-hmm. um, this would be a great event to to say, "Hey, come along. Uh, it can't hurt." And uh, you know, it's one it's one morning slash early afternoon. So uh, look for that coming up. It's called Casket Empty. If you want to check it out on the web, uh, Carol Kaminsky, casketempty.com, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. But uh, so if you found this episode helpful, uh, would you please leave a rating and a review? That way the the show can be found more easily by someone who might be searching. We want to share the hope of the gospel because the gospel changes everything. Um, and we want to expand Christ's community in any way we can. And we we feel that this is a good tool to do that. Um, uh, also, click the subscribe button. We can't always release things on time, and as Christmas comes up, there will be some uh, a couple weeks where nothing will happen, and then we'll be uh, uh, back on it. And so just to get those things, go ahead and click the subscribe button so that you know um, when things appear. Hey, we really appreciate the fact that you listen and that you share and that you uh, are a part of this. We'd love to hear from you. Email us, call us, text us, uh, whatever it may be. Until next time, though, I'm Pastor James. And I'm Pastor Dina. And we hope that this helps you connect Sunday to the weekday.